what I'm going to talk about today is something that, that I spoke um, a little while ago to the these site leadership teams when we gathered for a Saturday morning, um, and it was felt by certainly one or two of those guys that it would be worth bringing to us as a church. Um, so as ever, the obedient person, that that is what I'm going to do. Um, we live in challenging times in this nation, don't we? You know, we, we, we find ourselves as an... It's almost, it's, it's almost suddenly it, times even seem really challenging. We've had an election recently in which the, the winners lost and where the losers feel they've won. We, th- th- there's been a series of terrible terrorist attacks, isn't there? And just the other week, the appalling catastrophe of the Grenfell Tower fire where so many lives were needlessly lost, so many extended families whose life is never going to be the same again, an incident which seems to have revealed injustice, maybe even incompetence at the heart of local and national government. And even that government has been significantly weakened and is divided since the general election, because that election was strategically called with a view of getting an increased majority and therefore an increased mandate in what is probably the most important international negotiations this country is going to have since the Second World War. We can't make light of that Brexit negotiation. And all of those things sort of add up to troubled times. You know, and, all, and around us we're beginning to hear angry voices on different forms of media and whatever, calling for change and shouts for justice. And you think, how do we as a church respond to the times we're living in you know is it keep calm and carry on keep ta- keep calm and have a cup of tea right the good english thing to do is it you could, of course not the gospel is the answer the good news of jesus has to be the answer to the ills of this fractured nation that we're living in but the good thing is We live where we live at this time because God ordained it. It's not by chance that you live in this part of London uh, in 2017, right? It's God's plan. And he knew all this was going to happen. Do you think he's surprised? Right? He chose to have us here at this time. How exciting is that? How exciting that we have got a calling on our lives at such a time as this. We're a people on a mission. Right? When Jesus spoke to the disciples right in those early days when he was calling those disciples, what did he say to them? He said, come and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. He was calling the fishermen who were used to throwing out their nets, whatever the, whatever the weather, in storm and, and, and calm, and he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. It was clear from the outset that when Jesus called someone to be his disciple, he wasn't calling them to a life of religion in the temple. He was calling them to a life of active discipleship and active mission. You know, when Jesus 
spoke to the disciples in, in Acts chapter 1. He said, he said to them, do you remember, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, do you remember that? God spoke, Jesus spoke prophetically to the people. And, and those disciples, I'm sure, took him seriously, even though it took persecution to get them moving. Do you remember? In, it, they didn't start moving out of Jerusalem until Acts chapter 8 when a great persecution broke out against the church and they had to move because suddenly they, they, their friends were being arrested and their friends were being killed and, and tortured or whatever may have happened to them, not good at that time. And they were suddenly refugees. And you think, if you were living in the midst of that, you must have thought, it's all gone horribly wrong. What's happened to society? It's breaking down. Everything, all the things we put our trust in, all the things that we thought were good for us, you know, Jesus has, the, the gospel is spreading, thousands are being added to their number, the, the sick are being healed, you know, just a shadow. You walk past someone, bang, they're getting better. You think, this is exciting. And suddenly, persecution and it's all gone wrong. It's God's plan, wasn't it? Because he prophesied it to go to go to the nations. It's a good job they did, really, I suppose, because putting aside the sovereignty of God, we wouldn't be sat here otherwise. They'd still be in Jerusalem now, having a great old time. Right? So, God's plan was mission. God's plan was to go. And, you know, a City Hope, we're planning to go to local sites, aren't we? And you think, why are we doing that? To make more work for ourselves? Or to, to maybe positively to give more opportunities for people to serve in the kids' work or play guitar, pour more cups of coffee, put out more chairs, right? All those things are good, I guess, aren't they? Good, and it's good to develop ministry and to serve and all those things. But that's not why we're going to local sites. We're going to local sites to be more effective in reaching the lost and advancing the kingdom, right? Because we as the church are the agents of God's mission, not the goal of mission. Does that make sense? He's called us, the church, to be the mission, to go on a mission. The church doesn't send, but is sent. We are sent to the lost, to carry out our mission, to advance the kingdom, to see light shine in the darkest recesses of our communities. And there's plenty of those, isn't there? And the good thing is, that means there's so many opportunities for us. That's why I asked Sue to come up just to tell one little story. That wasn't her job she was talking about, was it? It was her role in her estate, just a little estate in Camberwell, but the kingdom was advancing just a little bit, right? The opportunities are as many and varied as we are, and we are many and varied. So many backgrounds, so many nationalities, so many different ages and, and educational levels and income levels and all the rest of it. We're such a diverse lot. Well, that's how many opportunities there are to advance the kingdom to go on a mission, which means we don't look to other people to do it for us. We think, no, I can do that. I can go on a mission. 
Because most of it happens outside of the building, outside of a church building, which is also a good thing, I think. Right? You know, from my experience as a, 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 trust, a trustee of a local youth club, um, I have the reputation of being a peacemaker in that context. Right? So many of these um, high-flying trustees, <coughs> I'm a very low-flying trustee, <coughs> they all seem to bring their workplace into the trustees' meeting. They're very aggressive and they're very argumentative at times and they don't back down. And I, I find myself often being a sort of a, a, a mediator and a peacemaker in that context. But they've, a number of the guys, the chairman particularly, has acknowledged that fact in a positive way. You think, well, that's just a very small way of advancing the kingdom, of getting his voice heard in some incarnational ministry, if you like. Right? And that's a bit like Jesus, isn't it? You know, when we read through the Gospels, Jesus was meeting all kinds of people, from rich young rulers to outcasts and beggars and everyone in between, men, women, children. He was going to them. He was, me he was praying for them. He was seeing them healed. He was, he was going to their parties. He went some, to some dodgy parties, you, let me tell you. Some very dodgy characters at those parties. But Jesus was there in homes and hillsides and synagogues and streets advancing his kingdom. Let me just quickly get another brief story um, from Denise at this point. Denise, run to the stage and tell us that story of the school staff room the other day. Yeah, the other day we was in the staff room having a cup of coffee and one of the girls I work with suddenly got a text to say her little grandson, a few months old, rushed into hospital. They thought it was sepsis. So my first reaction, was everyone was like, oh no, oh no, and she was crying. So I just left everything, went straight over to her and I said, I'm going to pray for you. And so I just put my hand on her and just prayed for that little baby. Jesus, don't let it be sepsis, please. Please have your hand on him, you know, and it'll all be okay and everything, so I prayed for her, and then they did keep him in for a few days, but he, they didn't quite know what it was, they never did find out, but he wasn't very well, but he's okay, and you now you might not know till you get to heaven, Jesus might say, that was sepsis, thank you for praying, you know, so we never know what opportunities we have, just act quick, and just, just pray. So, I, I love that story because if you think of that cold in, 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 in the cold light of day and very logically, there's a, there's a staff room of people, the vast majority are not Christians. Imagine, just put yourself in the context. Somebody says this story, imagine yourself getting up and walking across the room and pray, laying hands on someone and praying in the name of Jesus. Right? There's a boldness required, isn't there? Holy Spirit, give us boldness. Holy Spirit, open our mouths when before they would have been shut that we can have a, an impact. So it's happening out there. It's where we are is wh where, as we're advancing the kingdom. Now, now, for me, I have a certain personality type and I, I like to go out. And so my mission field tends to be often bars and restaurants. Um, but I've got, <laughs> not all the time. <laughs> But, but locally, I've got to know so many people in, in, in local bars and restaurants. Lasco's, Whiskey Ginger is another little place. I've got to know some people to the, my local pub. But th they are genuinely opportunities for the gospel. 
Right, I also do other things. I mean, I, w- I walk up and down the blue. Walk, walking to work on a, on a Wednesday or a Thursday, I intentionally look for opportunities to talk to people. And I can chat, chat to the market, uh, market traders and I can chat to shopkeepers and all the rest of it, bump into people that you know from other contexts. It's fantastic, but it's intentional. I'm looking. I'm asking Jesus, I wanna, who, who can I speak to as, as I'm walking to work this morning? Right? In, in, to the point where I have a reputation for being Mr. Later, is what Lana calls me, because I'm, I'm always coming in later than she anticipates. Um, but local primary schools, so uh, Southwark Park School, which is the school behind the church building on Drummond Road, uh, it took me ages and ages to get an open door into that school, but that door has well and truly stayed open through the, now into the third head teacher I've known there. And just on Friday, um, straight from work, I went to their staff. Um, they had a staff drink at the Salt Key. There's a theme again, isn't there? Uh, <laughs> I went to the staff, and I just and I did feel a bit of a spare part because I've not been in there this term very much at all. And some of the members of staff I didn't know. I got to meet a couple for the first time. That it tends to be support staff who are the consistent ones in a primary school, so they've been around for years. And, and I was chatting to one of the girls who's on, uh, one of the TAs there, and I said, I just feel a little bit of a spare part, so I'm going to s- s- quietly make my leave in a minute. And she said, you're not a spare part. She said, you are part of this school. And she was, sh- she was genuinely surprised I would think that. She said, you are so special to this school. I've hardly spoke to her before. Right? I, I, you know, I, in fact, I didn't even know her name. I've, I've passed a few pr- pleasantries with her. She was just saying how much the staff appreciate me coming in. They appre- and in the past, I've spent time praying for people over different um, issues in their life. They come to City Hope's building on Drummond Road for Christmas carol services every year, have done for years. And you think, a s- what I thought was insignificant and small, and f- I'm thinking, wish I could do more. They think it's fantastic. So listen, you don't have to do that much to have an impact. Just a little bit of love, a little prayer, an arm round a shoulder. You know, we can advance the kingdom by all means in different ways like that. The challenge is, are we ready to do it? You know, when we go to sites we'll be obviously putting on multiple worship services there will be a pastoral care structure, primarily through our connect groups. Please be get into a connect group if you're not in one. And of course, mission. But actually, it's all about mission. Making worship services happen is not an end in itself, as much as I love them. And how fantastic has it been today? Right? Of course, our gatherings are important. You know, as the body comes together, as we commune with God, as we proclaim and and hopefully respond to his word, we sing songs to him and about him, we speak to him and he speaks to us. I love it. We should never take this for granted, by the way. This is such a privilege, isn't it? There is still freedom in this nation to gather as we do. But it's all about mission. I want this to strengthen me. The words I hear and all the stuff that happens, I want that to equip me and strengthen me to go as I go out of that door into the world for the rest of the week to carry Jesus out there. My, my mate's church, a friend of mine who used to lead a church a long time ago down in Sidcup, I helped to lead the church down there. On the, the exit of their church offices, 
there was a sign saying, this way to the harvest. I think just as a reminder, I saw I can shout louder than them, don't worry about that. It's just as a reminder that we've got to get out the building. So it's about the mission. It's, you know, even providing pastoral care is not an end in itself. Obviously, it's important. We want to see people change. We want to see people become free and be equipped and brought to maturity to be more effective for the mission. We want people sorted out. We want them healed in mind and body and emotion. We all want to be more like Jesus, don't we? And Jesus was on a mission to save the world, right? We should be all about mission, all about advancing his kingdom. Obviously, there's so much about the Christian life. But we want to see his kingdom advance, don't we? We want to see souls won for Jesus. It's not an optional extra. And in times such as these, in these dark times, we think, let's go and shine for him. Let's ask ourselves this question. What value, what value do we bring to the culture? What value do you bring to the wider culture around us? But listen, we shouldn't be against culture. We should be salt and light in the culture, being a peacemaker, as I described. You know, Matthew 5 said, blessed are the peacemakers. We should be known as peacemakers in the world because there's a growing sense of disunity in this nation, of factions, of communities taking and talking increasingly bitter terms of, of other people, of them and us. It's, have you noticed that? It's becoming much more polarised. Lines are drawn over, over politics, over race, over religion, over class. It's... They, Listen, we can be peacemakers in the middle of that. All of us can, in our own way, as, as God has called us. Because the, Jesus says we are salt and light. We can live it out, as Sue did on her estate, in so many different areas and different realms of our communities. Let me read those words from Matthew 5, just to remind us. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus said. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavour? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. What a calling. Like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Duh. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way... Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. As Christians, we're called to call people back. That's our calling, is to call. Let me read to you just a a couple of verses from 2 Corinthians 5. It says, halfway through verse 19 and into 20, he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. That's our calling. That's our calling. 
When you heard that story that Paul Meadows said of in his school, that's that he's pleading, come back to God. Now I know he he didn't say to he didn't go to his head and say come back to God, did he? But he lived out Christian values publicly, right? Rather than moaning and swearing, being gr- thankful, being honouring, and what happens? The kingdom advances just a little bit more. We've got to hear these things, haven't we? And be challenged by these things. Let's move from doing things for the community to doing things with the community. Now, I think City Hope is really good at this, actually. We've, we've been on a bit of a journey as we've engaged with different things that are going on. Um, you know, different community activities and community events. And in some, some contexts, the community now comes to us and says, do you want to be part of this? I was chatting to, chatting to a guy who's organising an event down the blue at the beginning of September. He says, do you want to be part of this? He actually said it. He said, you can do what you want. We can put music, music groups in there. We can put a stall out to offer to pray for people. We can obviously do face painting because we're good at that as well. We, but they come to us to be part of a community event. It's not like the church saying, right, we're going to put this on and we'll expect them to come to us. We don't have to, do we? We can go to where the world is, the world that is desperate to hear some good news in these broken times. And we are, we can, in, in, certainly around here, in, uh, with some people, we are respected and known and honoured for who we are and what we do. We don't fit the stereotype that we read in the media of what Christians are. So it's not that difficult. Offer what we already have. What, what are you good at? Think, what are you good at? What can you bring to the community around us? Are you good at listening? Well, you can, you can go and listen to people. Maybe it's sport or shopping. I don't know what it is, but work it out so you can advance the kingdom through what you're good at. Engage the culture around us. And love people. Even the unlovely. Sometimes it's a conscious decision. Again, my, it's my wife challenges me all the time on this one. <laughs> you know, she, she chooses to, to love. The, you know the difficult kids who don't have, who are just, they're not easy to love. She works in a primary school. She chooses to love them and to be a positive impact on their life. Because maybe there's a reason they're, they're like they are. Maybe there's a reason that they're, they're behaving as they do. And that's probably because they're not receiving much love elsewhere. And, uh, and uh, her catchphrase is, you re- always remember the, the teachers who are really horrible to you at school, and you remember the teachers who are really nice. And she wants to be remembered as a teacher who's really nice. That's not a bad thing to, to, uh, to aspire to, is it? Whatever context you find yourself in, do you want to be known as the person who is really nice for Jesus? Do you want to be known as the peacemaker? Do you want to be known as the one who lays hands on the sick that they will get well? It's all positive. There's a culture around us of so many different people. Old and young and rich and poor and black and white and gay and Muslim. There's, there's so many factions out there. Let's love and respect and honour. Let's not be judgmental. Let's be listening to the power of the Holy Spirit guiding us, the whisper of the Holy Spirit, 
Salvation is not about a sermon. It's about a friend. Let's use our time wisely as Christians. Denise gave me this quote from her daily devotions the other week. I've edited it a bit to make it a bit more English. It's very American. But let me, let me read it to you. Every night when the clock strikes midnight, you don't turn into a pumpkin, but you are the recipient of a brand new shining gift. We all receive the same amount of this gift regardless of age, education, beauty, job description or marital status or weight. With each new day, you are the sole owner of 1,440 of the most powerful commodity ever known in the history of mankind. At precisely one second after midnight, every single day of our lives, we have 1,440 untouched and valuable minutes to spend. How you spend your minutes is entirely up to you. Time is free, but it is priceless. You can gossip or you can worship. You can be filled with anger or with gratitude. You can go for a run or watch television all day long. You can read a book or go to the shops. You can choose how do you capitalize on this wonderful gift. You can choose to laugh or to cry, to whine or rejoice, to be negative or to be positive, to be bitter or to be better. These 1,440 pieces of time belong to you and to no one else. They're not your spouses or your bosses or your children's. They are yours. It's true that there are things that we, mu- that we have to do. We have to sleep. Most of us must work, but we can choose how we work. We can either go to our place of work with a chip on our shoulder filled with anger and negativity or we can walk in with a happy heart, a solid work ethic and praying for our colleagues. You can hate every minute that you're at work and waste time by gossiping and sneaking home early or you can know that God has set you in your place of work to be a blessing and to bring the excellence and character of God into your workplace. It's true we may have to take care of ageing parents raise our kids, take the rubbish out. You can march through life with heavy steps and a frustrated heart or you can perform all of the necessities in life with patience, love and joy. It's a challenge, ain't it? But we live in challenging times. And the times may be challenging but they're also times of great opportunities for mission. Opportunities to pray and proclaim. Opportunities to serve and even to suffer for what is right. Our God is a missional God who sent Jesus to send the Spirit to send us. He calls the church to mission which means he calls you and me. You know that well-known story in Isaiah chapter 6? Let me read it to you. (coughs) Isaiah chapter 6. It was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, that's angels, each 
having six wings. With two wings, they covered their face, and with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they flew. And they were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. I mean, what a vision. Then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed, for I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I've seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. And then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And he touched my lips with it and said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. And then I heard the Lord asking, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah says, I said, here I am, send me. We don't need a vision because Jesus has already commissioned us. But I'd love us to emulate what Isaiah says. Say, here I am. Send me to this broken world. Send me to be light in the darkness. Send me to be the preserving salt. Send me to be the saver of this nation of ours. That your kingdom would advance beyond the walls of church buildings that your kingdom would advance along landings and down streets, that your kingdom would advance to every nation that's represented in our nation. Your kingdom would advance to every uh, income level and every educational attainment. Your kingdom would advance to young and old and rich and poor and black and white, that your light would shine bright through City Hope Church and many others. Come, Lord Jesus. Anoint us, I pray. Equip us and stir us. Thank you for so many encouraging examples. Thank you for so many people who are stepping out, maybe tentatively at first, but still stepping out. Thank you for the testimonies that we're hearing more and more. Thank you for your presence with us, Lord, that when we gather to pray, so you're there. Lord, stir us to greater exploits, that that as we consecrate ourselves to you, that tomorrow you'll do amazing things. I pray that for us, selfishly, for City Hope, in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you.